Good evening. Welcome to Tom's World Language Cafe, coming to you live from Fishers, Indiana. It is January the 15th, Wednesday, and it been a, it's pretty cloudy and cold here in Indianapolis, and, uh, but uh, we're expecting better weather in a couple of days. Uh, tonight, we have a very special guest with us. Um, his name is uh, Dr. Vince DeLumpa, and Vince is uh, a noted surgeon in central Indiana. And he's going to talk to us tonight about uh, how he uses his knowledge of another language uh, with his patients and why it's important to study a world language. Vince, how are you? Hi, I'm doing well. Thank you. Thanks very much for having me on. Well, you're quite welcome. Now, how was your day today? Did you have a good day? Yeah, I did. I, I um, you know, had a few uh, cases and uh, saw some patients and uh, yeah, it's been been a nice, uh, um, productive day, and I'm happy to be able to share some of it with you, though, this evening. Vince, I wonder if you could uh, give us some info about where you're from. Uh, I know you uh, were born, I believe, in Indiana, right? Uh, I was actually born in Chicago, and well, I, I was uh, close after a few years. Yeah, I was close up in the northern, northern, uh, northwest Indiana. Um, uh, is where I grew up after a uh, few years in Chicago. And now, I believe, in, in for, for the audience, a little bit of background, uh, Vince always uh, used to come and help us at uh, an immersion day. We had uh, one day a year at uh, Marion University for the uh, uh, Spanish program, and he would come and he, there were about 20 people or 25 people that presented classes of immersion that day for high school students in the area in Indianapolis, Indiana. And Vince would always do a session on how he uses language with his uh, patients, uh, his knowledge of Spanish. Now, Vince, can you tell the audience a little bit about your parents? Because that's quite interesting. Yeah, so my, my parents, uh, you know, my heritage is uh, Filipino. My uh, mom and dad uh, were, were born in the Philippines, and um, they were both physicians. Uh, they met in Chicago uh, during the residency uh, there, and uh, my dad's, uh, you know, he was a urologist, and my mom was a pediatrician, and uh, so they um, kind of started started everything and um, went to uh, the Philippines for a few years, but then um, started their practice in Valparaiso. Um, when when they uh, got back, and um, that's kind of where you know where I also where I, where I started and grew up, and uh, so yeah, that's that's kind of their their story. And you went to Valparaiso High School, correct? Yes, I so, thought you had, uh, you had told me that. Now, when yeah. when you uh, studied where at Indiana University, correct? Yeah, uh, I went to Indiana University down in Bloomington, uh, undergrad for four years, and uh, got my uh, biochemistry degree there, and uh, then uh, went to uh, Bloomington, uh, uh, excuse me, went to uh, Indianapolis for medical school uh, for four years, um, after which I went to Chicago and trained at the University of Illinois and uh, Cook County Hospital for five years. Uh, which time we came back to Indianapolis. My wife's from here, and uh, we decided to settle uh, in the Indianapolis area. And your wife is also a doctor, correct? Yes, yes. So she, so we met. We, we also met in medical school. 
um, and uh, we uh, got married shortly uh, after graduation. She is an anesthesiologist, and uh, we uh, both uh, went to Chicago for training, and uh, yeah, she grew up in uh, northwest uh, Indianapolis area, and um, yeah, so uh, we kind of have a family family affair. Now, with, you're... With, you're a general surgeon, right? Now, for, for the listeners, what does a general surgeon do? I mean, they, you do a lot of different types of operations, correct? Yeah, at one point, general surgeon was more, yeah, it encompassed a large, larger scope than it does now. What I do now is uh, mainly gallbladders and uh, hernias, inguinal hernias, uh, uh, abdominal hernias. I also take out uh, during uh, emergencies uh, 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 appendix appendixes and um, and sometimes work on small bowel. But yeah, I did a lot. I did a lot more before I uh, joined this uh, most current group here. But um, did a lot of breasts, did some colons and things like that. But uh, general surgery now is, is becoming less. Uh, uh, of that and more specialized with with the you know with the other other um, you know the other parts of the body. Now, what about your family? I know uh, you have a, a large family, and could you tell the audience a little about your family? Yeah, so uh, we we have uh, six children, and um, they range from uh, twenty four years is my eldest, and my my youngest is fifteen. And uh, so I have uh, four boys and two girls. Uh, one is uh, just graduate. Uh, one recently graduated from Indiana University. Um, and then I have uh, three still in college at Indiana University, and then two uh, in high school. And where do your uh, uh, kids go in high school? Now I know I think they all went correct uh, to Burbank, Burbank Jesuit. It was Burbank. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we, we we like that school. Uh, it's been very good. For us, uh, my, my wife went to Brabuff and my, my, my brother-in-law, so uh, we're very comfortable with the way they uh, teach in their education and, and um, quite proud of uh, their, my kids and their education there. So how did you get interested in language? Because I know you had mentioned to me before you studied Spanish quite a bit at IU in Bloomington when you studied there, and you also traveled, correct, uh, correct to Spain, right? Yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah, it really was, it, it kind of evolved. In high school, I took the, the you know, requisite two years of, uh, you know, uh, first year and second year uh, Spanish, and I enjoyed it. It was uh, very, you know, I, I, I liked learning the language. I didn't get really uh, good at it, though, and when I was in uh, college, I took intermediate courses, um, I progressed a little bit more, uh, but I, I was still wasn't proficient. But I still longed for um, getting to the to the point where I could be comfortable talking. So, um, yeah, my, I, I did have a, an opportunity uh, to to go overseas, uh, and I chose uh, you know Spain, and um, I'm very glad I did because that that took me over the uh, threshold. Uh, with you know, with the language and my fluency with it. Now, so um, what did you like the most about uh, traveling in Spain and studying Spanish? Did you enjoy the culture more or the language or, or both together, right? Or, or, or what? Well, I, 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 
Yeah, no, it was it was really it was a it was a good uh, first of all it was a good uh, diversion from what I was doing in college, being a biochemistry major and being in pre med medicine. Uh, it it, it kind of had its own uh, you know its own pathway, uh, a lot of didactic science things like that. So um, I. I I wanted to, you know, do something a little different, and, and going to uh, Spain, uh, and I went to Seville, Spain, Sevilla, um, beautiful, just a beautiful, um, you know, ge geographic area, and um, and I enjoyed, I enjoyed the scenery, I enjoyed the people, and um, and I learned Spanish, you know, the kind of the hard knocks way, and and you know, and so it all it all pulled together. But yeah, I enjoyed I enjoyed a lot of it because it was a little bit different than what I was, you know, doing uh, my first three and a half years in college. Now, uh, when you were in Sevilla, what was the, your favorite thing there? Was it the food, the music, the people? Yeah, you know, and, and I I went there with a with a, a broad uh, you know, broad uh, student body from uh, the United States, so I got to know people from uh, all corners of the of the country and so I enjoyed their friendship um, I, that was a big one again I was able to relax and, and be more social in that kind of setting um, I also enjoyed yeah like you said I enjoyed the culture that just the way they uh, you know their, their, their foods their, their, the tapas you know the, the snacks that they had um, that was very enjoyable, but uh, yeah, I enjoyed I enjoyed the scenery. I enjoyed traveling, you know, um, seeing different places in Spain. Um, so it, it was a generally it was just a, it was a very memorable experience. So um, when we think about um, using language in a in a profession, so do you have any things you remember about? Maybe using Spanish with patients that kind of helped out, helped you out because you knew another language. Yeah, what what really uh, makes what what really is satisfying is when I can walk into room into a room and uh, there there there's always a translator uh, available and I'll I'll know that the patient speaks Spanish going in and I I like the way the patients. Uh, you can see they get uh, they they smile and they're at ease when I start talking in Spanish, and I go slowly and I tell them that I can speak this the language and then I ask them how they're doing and and we we are communicating at the one to one level at that time and so the translator's there and, and as a backup and uh, and I, but, I can always uh, but you do know that, yeah. that they're there for me but I I can talk to the patient one on one which is wonderful yes and. For the audience, uh, Vince, uh, que, que Vince habla muy bien eh, en español, eh? tiene un buen conocimiento del idioma y todo, eh? so, uh, <laughs> so um, de, de un día típico para, para ti, por ejemplo, en un día típico, ¿qué cosa es la cosa más difícil en tu trabajo? Uh, no, uh, uh, no, no hay muchas cosas uh, di, de, difícil uh, porque uh, no, yo puedo hacerlo, pero uh, cosas con uh, emergencias, uh, 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 cuidar de los pacientes que uh, necesitan cosas pero no tienen 
tengo tiempo para verle uh, rápidamente y cosas así, pero no, no es, uh, hay, hay, hay cosas así. So, que, the, the emergencies, well, you can, the audience can easily tell Vicente speaks very, very beautiful Spanish. Now, what about um, the emergencies that happen in a day? So, what's a typical emergency that you would have? That are there typical and ones, or are they all different? Yeah, so the, the ones that I see most of the time would be, you know, severe abdominal pain, patients who um, a few hours earlier start having, uh, you know, some uh, general vague pain and it gets worse and they, uh, they think it's something else, but then it becomes to a point where they have to go to the emergency room, they might be vomiting and they might... You know, just have really severe pain, and so my job is to figure out, you know, what what's causing that. You know, they'll have typically a, a CAT scan, you know, an X-ray of their belly, and um, labs and things like that. And they, the emergency room doctor will will uh, give me a call after talking to the patient, looking at the labs, and seeing the CAT scans and the X-rays. And um, usually at that point, um, the emergencies tend to be that of appendicitis. Uh, inflammation of the appendix mm -hmm. or uh, small bowel obstruction where the mm -hmm. small intestine is pinched off by adhesions. Or gall, uh, gallbladder. There's gallbladder attacks, which also is a big part of the emergencies as well. Uh, those three are, are probably the big ones um, now, uh, that I see a typical emergency. How often do you use your Spanish? A little bit every day? Do you get a use yeah, it? I, yeah, it, it 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 happens every day. There's a, a good population of uh, of, of Spanish speaking um, patients that uh, that that come in um, from different you know different parts of the world. Not not only you know not only you know the, the borders the borders uh, us, but um, Spain and you know the uh, South American countries. Uh, you know they they'll come in and they're, they'll be their um, you know, the relatives usually, um, grandma, grand, grandfather, or grandmother, uh, who haven't really um, picked up the, the language. So, Vince, can you uh, tell the listeners a little bit about um, uh, why it's important to learn another language? For the students, uh, their teachers who might be listening, or students... Why is it important to learn another uh, world language? Well, uh, there's a, a couple things that come to mind when you ask that question. One is it it, it gives it gives us a dimension, really, when um, when looking you know looking to looking for jobs, say you know to to, to uh, widen our um, experience to to know another language. So just just on the uh, you know on the CV or job description. During an interview, um, during some sort of descriptive application. So, Vince, there's. You're saying then that it helps um, when they, someone goes to get a job, obviously, right? That they would be. That knowing another language would be helpful, right? So. Yeah, and, yeah. and then also, it also. Added to that, it gives uh, somebody perspective. A student learning a language learns perspectives about the cultures, about uh, you know the way different countries are, and I think that also adds a dimension 
so the, the, the people. people the people are are more uh, tolerant, right? They learn tolerance, perhaps of cultures, and they learn learn about the cultures. Therefore, they can understand them, right? I yeah, hope yeah. I think it, it, it makes them uh, yeah a little more understanding. Exactly. Uh-huh. Now, what would uh, this is a whole different question, but uh, what is a cr- creative doctor for you? Some doctor, whoever, if you were to think of some creative doctor, what makes a doctor creative? Like uh, we can say a teacher's creative by their approach and maybe doing a lot of varied activities and and uh, looking for different ways to do things, etc. Does the same thing apply to doctors? Uh, probably so, I would guess, right? Yeah, and the, the doctors that I would think are creative are, are on the uh, cutting edge of technology and not only using that but also um, teaching uh, new ways teaching new ways to, to do it um, there they the creative doctor in my mind would adapt to changing um, technology and and do it and face change um, with without you know without um, you know uh, any any concern about um, their their ability to uh, continue providing care, good care, and better adi- for patients. So they would adapt, right? Yes, yes, that's a big one to be adapting, mm-hmm. changing to the to the times. I mean, there there's a uh, new technology out there now, the, the robotic um, it, which, robotic operations, which have, have uh, really uh, become more and more. Uh, popular and, and, and uh, you're you're in that quite a bit you've told me right robotic surgery right yeah it's a it's a new uh type of um way to operate you know uh, back about 30 years ago 40 years ago it was everything was done through incisions putting our hands into the abdomen making big incisions doing that and then it went to laparoscopy when i was in training and taking taking things out like gallbladders uh, through small incisions. Now the robot is still using the small incisions, but actually the instruments are are able to um, to um, to rotate and, and hinge on on wrists. So it makes uh, a lot of work easier, tedious work easier because of the fine, intricate uh, movements that can be made with the instruments. And and the robot is also done. And it's not done by a robot. We, we use the robot and we're doing the case. Um, but the, uh, we're able to see better three-dimensional uh, 3D vision, and it's just a lot better for the patient and for us. But, yeah, about about 15% of cases now are being done by robot. It's, it's getting more and more. But the ones who have, uh, who have made it possible are the ones who have been creative and able to use that technology and, and, and move it forward and drive it forward. So, yeah, that's, that's uh, you know, that that's how I would, uh, describe a creative doctor. I think it's a lot like being a creative teacher as well, but uh, mm-hmm. innovation and, and, um, and adaptation. Now, what about, um, suppose we were talking about um, robotic surgery, and I'm sure this perhaps happens, and I'm sure you know much more about it than anybody listening, but what about another country? Let's say in Spain, they want to learn about robotic surgery. Uh, is it easy for them somewhat now to be able to learn via the internet 
and instruction and, and explanations, et cetera, or not? Yeah, that has opened up, the, the internet has opened up the communications, whereas uh, before someone would have to, you know, make a trip over or back, make the trip here and learn it. Uh, now it can be shared on a common platform, uh, just like you, you and, you and, uh, uh, you and I are doing right now. Um, we can instantaneously uh, see each other and talk and, and describe things. So that, very similar with robotics. In, in fact, uh, recent um, symposiums, uh, the, there, there were tele-surgeons uh, doing cases across the ocean. So uh, wow. <laughs> with a robot... Uh, Is that right? What can, with, with, good, with good connections, of course, you know, internet connection, um, it, things can be done over, you know, long distances. So you could theoretically, you could operate on somebody in Spain or France or somewhere, right? Robotically. Yeah, so, yeah, the, so the patient would be uh, obviously under the care of the surgeon on the other side with in an operating room and, um, you know, the, the robot would be uh, docked and, you know, attached. But, um, yeah, somebody on the other end could be, you know, several hundred miles away, you know, obviously with the, with the uh, backup uh, surgeon on hand. But, yeah, that, that is possible with today's technology. Now, what teacher did you have in high school that inspired you the most? Who was your favorite teacher? The one that well, you the, got inspired yeah. by. <laughs> well, um, so the, the one that, that comes to mind... And I and I enjoyed my Spanish teacher as well, but the one that really comes to mind is my geometry teacher, and the the reason why is because he 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 basically had us do proofs uh, up on the um, up on the chalkboard, and and would have each of us go up and and show the class our proofs. It was very, um, very nerve-wracking to have to go up in front of the crowd and and show everybody what we were doing, and we were wrong many times. But that led to us becoming more confident as we we learned to be self-sufficient and and learn to think for ourselves. So he he was very instrumental in in making me think for myself, which was which which changed you know my entire way of of studying and, and doing things. So. Uh, my geometry teacher was was probably the biggest one doing that. My Spanish teacher, um, he was uh, both of them actually were very good too, and they I, I liked their style and they. What were was very his good. name? Do you remember? Um, pardon me. What was the Spanish teacher's name? Well, there were two of them. One was that, uh, was Mr. Geis, mm-hmm. and, and the other one was Mrs. Mahoney. Okay. And they both had different styles. And they both were very passionate about teaching. Uh, they were, they cared for the patient or cared for the student, uh, obviously, but made it fun. And I learned uh, a great deal just by enjoying what I was uh, learning. Now, the the word passion comes to mind for our teachers and everybody listening. But uh, I believe, really firmly believe, that the people who do well in professions and not just teaching, but all professions. Those who have a passion for it are the best. 
they because they really uh, have dedicated their lives to it, and they um, it has a huge meaning for them. It's as Vince just said, the passion, and it's contagious when you see people like that, and uh, uh, many people have that passion, and yet there's some that don't. But I think Vince would probably say most not. Most doctors are passionate, wouldn't you say, Vince, pretty much? Yeah, and, and like you said, the the common denominator between the, uh, you know, the Spanish teachers and, and the geometry teacher, both all, all three being mentors, were, were their passion for teaching and, and instilling uh, excitement in, 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 their, in, their, in, their, in their teaching. And like you said, it, it made it so much... Uh, more of an experience to have somebody who actually, you know, was wanting to teach and wanting them to, to make us uh, better students. Yes. And, um, and so, yeah, that's, that's, is that, is that same concept applicable to a, a doctor, say a great doctor, for example, would you say that was one of the first things they have to do to, to be a great doctor, to be passionate yeah, that's that's one of the big big uh, steps. You wanna you you have to really love what you're doing to care for the patient. Um, it's it's not um, it's not always uh, you know it's always there's challenges along the way and there's ups and downs and so the uh, the passion and and and, and the um, you know the you know the the wanting to do service to patients are, is what drives us. Well, and, and I know the, for the listeners, uh, I've heard uh, people who've uh, been around Vince and, and some people maybe in patient situations with him, uh, how kind he is and uh, that you are a very kind person. And I think that probably is another big thing, isn't it, about doctors, that kindness matters a lot, Right. I think I, I don't know, but, but uh, I don't know. It, it, it comes down to the communication, patient uh, yes. doctor relationship, one on one, and like in anything, you know, you, I think uh, obviously kindness goes a long way and it keeps keeps everybody sort of, uh, you know, you know, you get a lot of compliments, obviously, being nice and not. So yeah, right. you're 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 right. Now, so. Um, why don't we have more bilingual people in the United States? Uh, if you go down neighborhoods in the cities around here, there are very few bilingual people unless unless they studied intensively in college and uh, and perhaps majored or minored in the language, or they uh, are uh, uh, native folks who came from other countries, immigrants who live in the neighborhoods. And that in those situations, uh, we get quite a few bilingual people, but in the for the general population in our country is not bilingual. Why do you think that is? Well, I think uh, the schools have done a better and better job. You know, my my children they are speaking uh, Spanish. In, you know, in high school better than I've ever spoken at that level. And I think um, it's, it's, be, it's improving um, uh, through the education system, but I think around the uh, college years, uh, it's, not, um, it's, it's no longer, you know, there's no 
no incentive for for uh, students to go abroad or, or, or go to another place to uh, uh, speak uh, a different language. And I think that's where it gets lost. Um, you know, my my interest in going the next step was based on what I wanted to do, and I and I think it'd be it'd be um, nice for you know uh, colleges and universities to um, maybe push push uh, you know going to another culture or learning another language or um, immersing immersion immersing um, immersing themselves in in a different language during their their education do in you, college. Do you think going back to high school when you're in Spanish class or in, in college where, where things get a little quite a bit more serious I think in co- at the college level but there was something uh, about high school uh, learning teaching where the emphasis is in, in I think in the positive way uh, the places where the students have fun as well and learn right and and uh, sometimes I wonder if if perhaps uh, as the kids get into college and beyond maybe that fun the fun part should be brought in maybe more you know at the, the college level you know where it's it, it's the fun not I'm talking about serious fun but uh, where you can learn and have fun at the same time you think that has anything to do with it yeah yeah I think you're right um, you know a lot of your work Tom is based on you know practical you know discussion conversation uh, taking taking things that are around us in everyday life and and making it part of the language and I think in 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 high school, uh, I, I learned a lot of that type of, you know, that, that process of learning. And then in college, um, yeah, yeah, like you said, it was, it was a little more serious. And we, uh, maybe it was the upper level courses, but it was less, uh, it was less conversational and more, you know, more didactic, um, less fun for that reason. And, you know, when I went to Spain, you know, again, that's, that was the ultimate in, in, in immersion and, and, and having to be practical. And I learned it, you know, again, the, the hard way, but that's the way you do it. Um, just kind of falling around and trying to stumble through yeah. and then finally getting it. Just like, like, like I said, with my geometry uh, teacher, uh, having us do it by ourselves, it was very, very tough and uh, very nerve wracking, but we learned quick and, and just the, the way the teacher, um, you know, made us feel like, you know, he's, he, he, he embraced our, 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 you know, our failures as we succeeded in his class. Same thing with, with Spanish. You fall down, you make a lot of blunders when you're first there. Right. But you get there. It comes, comes in the, yes. it comes into fruition. And I think uh-huh. that's what is necessary to learn the language is to just go out there and do it. You know? And, yeah. And so yeah, that's, that's part of it. So one of the other challenges in the United States now, and you probably are well well aware of this, is the uh, the challenges facing the liberal arts programs all over the country. You know, the, we're talking about the, the English programs, English literature, English at the college level, languages at the college level. But we get into these uh, difficult situations, and I think, I don't know what your thoughts are, but I almost think that sometimes we need to work the arts into the professions, you know, that, that somehow we could take the, the important things of, it might be a, a, a piece of English literature uh, that 
are, are two or three key books uh, that uh, great books that all college people have to read, you know, that uh, and to bring uh, the arts into this more and uh, into everything, right, really, and uh, to make everything more humane, right, and human. Uh, sometimes uh, people, I think the business majors get into their thing and and medicine people, they get into their thing, the doctors, the dentists, the lawyers, everybody. And it, it's almost like we live in a vacuum, whatever we're doing. You know, if you're in medicine, this is what you're doing. If you're teaching, that's what you're doing. And we never are able to cross over, right, into, into the other disciplines in our lives enough. And maybe, or maybe it should be an ongoing event that perhaps education needs to be extended throughout everybody's life, that we don't quit learning, that we maybe we have to start uh, going to classes or we go to a class this a year, every year we have a class or two our whole life where we learn about other things and not just stay in our one narrow thing. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I agree. I agree with you. I, I think, you know, the, you know again, um, going back to, to that question about my uh, favorite teacher type of thing, but I, I don't I don't know much geometry anymore. I mean, I learned I learned a lot with that. You know, I learned I learned you know biology, biochemistry, organic chemistry, physics, all that. Um, but you know, the, the Spanish has, has been by and large been the biggest um, you know education you know the course that has has made me. The, a better person and so yeah that's where the liberal arts are where where i think it's more important to focus on you know later on in life what you're going to need i mean or at least have a piece of that um going forward um and and not focus on like you said the details of just to to, to get to the next step um so know, but but we do get and i don't think it's anybody's fault we just, it's just what we're doing you know we're all right. in one thing and we're very very um what's the word compartmentalized compartmentalized in our, our approaches to, to life and uh, instead of perhaps seeing more things and you know being exposed to more things and and I often wonder if we talk about creativity if we could just move, make for more creativity and and openness about art and, and the arts and and painting and writing and reading and you know all these things that uh, in languages and uh, that we in cultures that it would make for a lot better world sometimes, right? Maybe I don't know, but no, I agree with you. I think that's part part of the reason why you do what you you do. I mean, it it, it opens up uh, that dimension that we 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 don't normally have. Uh, you know, we only have twenty four hours in a day, and uh, three quarters of that were you know. You know, one quarter of that we're asleep, you know, at least, and the other time we're doing other things. And I, I think with today's um, technology and social media and the computers, uh, it's it's a, it's a good way to um, you know get our attention when when uh, normally we'd be doing something else. So yes, yeah, yes. I, I I give you all the credit to to doing that kind of stuff in your job. So do you? Um do you foresee in the future uh, in medicine uh, more of um, international scope to it that via the internet and easy travel, you know, that travels become easier? Are we going to see a t 
type of international revolution in medicine. That means that, say, I'm in China or I'm in Madrid, Spain, or I'm in Guadalajara, Mexico or something, and, and I get sick or people, or people Americans there get sick. Would we have this similar care that we have here? Is it yeah, you know, standard? Yeah, you're, you're exactly right. You're, you, you know, there, there's a Facebook page now with the robotic, you know, the robotic platform. It's an international uh, symposium on hernia repairs, and it's a worldwide, um, you know, closed group um, Facebook uh, page. And, and uh, I, I go to that a lot, and I hear from different parts of the world. Like you said, I mean, they're, they're from Italy, they're from, you know, from Europe, or from, uh, you know, uh, South America, um, different places, uh, and sharing their videos, sharing what they do. And not only that, there's comments that are in real time, you know, within minutes, uh, a new comment can pop up regarding the way someone does it, and uh, there's also question-answer type of, of um, format where somebody can say, you know, I've never seen this before, what, you know, what, what do you think? And, and so, yeah, the collaboration is already ongoing, and it's very strong, and I think it makes for better care. Like, I, like we were saying earlier, I don't have to uh, travel uh, miles to learn something that I can watch and, and, and also interact with. So, so yeah, it's a very strong tool. And if it, if it were, some of it were presented in Spanish or you had to talk Spanish with a doctor, that would be neat too, right? I mean, the, another reason to learn language. Or if the, you took French and you yeah. were talking to this doctor in Paris and, you know, what a, what a way to break the ice, right? You know. Yeah, and, and I know you, you're, very, you're very innovative and, in, in, you know, uh, Facebook pages with interactions with different countries and people and professors and things like that. That'd be very similar where one can, you know, just learn from each other. Um, you know, cer- certain things that you never really have the time or, you know, want to spend effort or even know how to communicate. Just a simple question about something can throw it out there with three lines, you know, three words or three lines and, and get it answered. Um, things like that really make, it, it really uh, closes in the the gaps between this, you know, distances and knowledge, and the knowledge base increases um, because of that. So it's bigger. Uh, it's bigger. So, um, well, listen. I really appreciate you being on the show tonight, and I know you've had a long day, and uh, you're taking your time. Vince lives not too far from where I live, but he's out in um, uh, West Carmel, Indiana, and uh, he is on Skype, and I'm on Skype. And I really appreciate you taking your time. I know the listeners enjoyed hearing all your great comments about a little bit of everything, which is why, obviously, Vince is one of the top docs in Indianapolis in his field. And we're delighted that you took time to be on our show. And the other thing is, what I'm trying to figure out is how you... How you made it through Sevilla without getting any weight put on, right? You kept pretty thin when you went through Sevilla, didn't you? With all that great food and all those tapas in Sevilla, you still are pretty thin. Yeah, was, you know, that was 30 years ago, and metabolism was a lot yeah, faster. Yeah, you, you, you kept... We were walking, you know, walking all over the place. So yeah, that, that, that makes up for a lot of... Yeah, so like 100 miles just, a day, no, I, right? did, I did. I didn't take a lot in there. So. That was great. Well, listen, guy, I appreciate it immensely that you've been on the show, and uh, we'll keep in touch. And uh, 
For all the listeners, thank you for being on the show. And join us again soon, another week or so, for our, our next show in January. This is our first show in the new year, actually. And, uh, and so, everybody, happy new year. Happy January. And uh, we will catch up later. And thank you, Apple, for supporting our program, the Apple Podcast. So, everyone, have a great week, and we'll catch up to Hombre, ¿quieres decir algo en español para... Despedirte de, de los oyentes. Eh, gracias, no, gracias por co, uh, uh, todo lo que hace, hace por nosotros. Bueno, hombre. You're very, you're very, uh, you, you, you do a great job and I'm very impressed by everything you do and I wish you well, uh, as always. Bueno, gracias. Tú eres un, un gran doctor eh, en realidad. Sí, la verdad. Uh, okay. Adiós, oyente. Uh, Nos vemos. Adiós. We'll see you guys. Bye.